how are you aware of what your gifts, talents, abilities, skill sets, insights, experiences, all those things that you have that are in your head and in your heart that you bring to the moment to make a difference or an impact on the lives of either those you're leading at work, those you're leading in your home, or generally those around you? Are you being fully present and stepping into the moment? And so for people who I have found realize that, that they understand what those things are, they tend to be more present, they tend to be more calm, they tend to be higher performers, and they tend to be some of the most grateful people that I meet on a day-to-day basis. For people who don't know that, I often find them kind of flailing about. They're stressed, they're tired, they're not performing well. Some of them feel like they don't have a sense of direction. They're not as motivated. And so there's a clear delineation between knowing what your gifts, talents, abilities are and what your purpose is in any given moment in time. And even better, working or being in an environment that fosters that and allows you to step into it. And those who don't know what that is and are not working in that type of environment. And where we often see friction is where you have people who come to the realization of what their purpose is and how they could step into it, but they're in an environment that doesn't foster that and doesn't allow them to do that. And then that's why you see just massive exodus. Oh my gosh, I I realize there's all these things that I could be doing that bring me joy and fulfillment and that make a difference and make an impact, but I'm not able to do that in my current role, function, job, or culture. Is this purpose stuff fluff or is it foundational? I mean, what company doesn't want high performing, happy employees with a clear sense of direction, gratitude and joy in their workplace? Well, in order to do that, you need to help them discover their purpose at work and you need to create environments and cultures in which they can step into that. My name's Dr. Gary Crotez, and I'm a coach, podcaster, and award-winning author of The Idea Mindset, a book about how to figure out what you want and how to get it. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. When I'm in conversation with my coaching clients, these are the breakthroughs that are so profound that they remember vividly where they were, who they were with, what they were thinking when their unlock moment happened. In this podcast, I'll be meeting and learning about people who have accomplished great things or brought about significant change in their life. And you'll be meeting them with me. We'll be finding out what inspired them, how they got through the hard times and what they learned along the way that they can share with you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast to hear all about another Unlock Moment. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of the Unlock Moment podcast. My regular listeners will know that the Unlock Moment is a podcast about leadership, but more importantly, a podcast about purpose. By diving into the moments of remarkable clarity when we suddenly figured out the path ahead, we unlock new connections and understanding of those deepest drivers of our fundamental purpose. It's been fascinating to travel with my guests as they explore those new connections live in the conversation. It's powerful stuff. So given our focus on purpose, today's guest is someone I've been keen to get on the podcast for a long time. Davin Salvagno is an inspirational speaker and recognized as one of the top voices on purpose in the world. He's the founder of Purpose Point and the Purpose Summit and the best-selling author of Finding Purpose at Work. He's an esteemed member of the Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches 
and his work spans coaching, leadership, and organizational development. Through the Purpose Summit, Davin curates the wisdom and experience of some of the most forward-thinking leaders and coaches on finding purpose in work and in life. I'm looking forward to hearing his take on how to unlock purpose in yourself and in those around you, and I'm curious to learn about the unlock moments of remarkable clarity that shaped his own life's journey. Davin Salvagno, it's my very great pleasure to welcome you to the Unlock Moment. Well, Gary, it is my deep honor to be here, and that was one of the most kind, generous introductions I think I have ever received on a podcast. So thank you for that so very much. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation today with your listeners. Well, thanks so much for accepting the invitation to come along. So today you're an in-demand speaker and coach on the topic of purpose, but if we really wanted to understand the person you are today, where would we need to start in your story? We would probably have to start all the way back in my youth, back into when I was five, six years old. Mm. Uh, I don't talk a lot about this. Uh, I did write a little bit about it. But you know, I grew up in a 100% uh, Italian Catholic home in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, was very much a part of my identity. In fact, if you were to ask me as a kid, what was my identity? I would say that I was Italian, Catholic, and from Philly. And that was pretty much it. Uh, my identity was tied up in those three things. However, my parents you know, divorced when I was five and, and my sister was one and we went to go live with my grandparents and they became a big piece of my life. And in that time frame, there was a lot of you know uncertainty. There was a lot of things that unraveled in my life that I wasn't prepared for. And I was really trying to understand why it was all happening. I was, I was searching for purpose uh, in the moment at a very young age, at five, six, seven years old, at a time where most young kids are probably not thinking about purpose or searching for purpose. Uh, I, I, during that time, that's probably not what I was thinking that I was doing. But now looking back on it, I know that that is what I was doing. And so if we were to understand where all of this started, it would be searching for purpose in a time of uncertainty uh, at a very young age of five, six, seven years old. It's fascinating. And I have quite a lot of conversations based around this question of where, where do we need to start in your story that are a little bit like that, actually, that for you, it's a really fundamental thing. And you know exactly where you need to start. But very often people say, I don't very often tell this story. I don't very often bring that to life for other people. And I find it very interesting because when people often talk about, for example, their why, maybe they've gone to a workshop or they've done some work in their organization and there's or finally their why statements, it can sometimes be a little bit superficial or in the moment. They, they go, well, you know, I discovered my why last year. But actually, when you go digging and go deeper, very often, not always, but very often, there's something much more fundamental to the person that they might not be willing or able or comfortable to share in a work environment. But it's very interesting to to hear that deep connection that goes back to a very, very early stage. And as you describe, didn't really know, you wouldn't have called it looking for purpose at that age, but with the benefit of hindsight and everything you know now, that's what you see in yourself. How did that manifest as you were growing up, you know, at that experience at the age of five and searching for purpose? Do you think that that shaped the person you were as an adolescent and getting into your you know, early adult life? It absolutely did. I mean, now looking back at that, I think that there was... There was a lot of things that if I were to have wrote my story of what I would have 
hoped it would have looked like, you know, for the first 20 years, it wouldn't have looked anything like the first 20 years of my life. And there was a lot of things that happened in that first 20 years that, you know, some of it was within my control. Some of it was not. Some of it were poor decisions that I made. Some of them were things beyond my control. But I looked at each one of those things and and just questioned why they were happening. And I learned later in my 30s that the question that I ought to have been asking myself during that time frame was, well, actually, what is this happening for? Who is this helping me become? What are these series of circumstances or decisions that I've made that are tying together in, in what now I define as purpose point moments to lead me to where I'm supposed to be and the person that I'm supposed to be? And I can now look back at that and I can connect those dots. But in the moment, I couldn't, right? During those time frames of my early teens and then later teens, and even in my early 20s, I couldn't look at all of the you know, things that had happened in my life that I had either been disappointed by or had, or had regretted, that finding purpose in that was not something that I was cognizant about. But I can now, with the juice of the benefit of hindsight, look back at those and connect each one of those dots and say, well, all of those moments shaped me. They all shaped me into my adolescence. They shaped me beyond my adolescence. They shaped me into my 20s. And they shaped me into the person of who I am today, that if you remove any one of those purpose point moments, I maybe don't live where I live. I'm maybe not married to my beautiful bride, Amy, of 17 years. We maybe don't have two beautiful kids who are 13 and nine years old. Maybe we're not living in Michigan and, and, and things don't line up in a way that starts Purpose Point or the Purpose Summit. Maybe I don't write the book. There's all of these different things that maybe don't happen if you remove any one of those purpose points. And so now, even in the, the most trying and challenging of circumstances that I can look back at in the first 20 years, I can even connect to and now see a purpose in where, of course, 20 years ago, I certainly probably could not. It's really interesting. And you touch on this idea of purpose points, which I'd love to come on in a little while and, and explore in more detail, because I think that there's a, I think there's a real synergy in where you focus and where, where I focus with the unlock moment. And I'm interested, when you think about this idea of what I would call an unlock moment, a particular moment, memorable moments of a sudden remarkable clarity about the path ahead. One, one for me that I often talk about is when I was in my late 20s and I trained for eight years at medical school and I was going to be a doctor. And I remember walking along the corridor in the lab where I was doing my PhD and suddenly the thought that came into my head was, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. And I wasn't looking for that as a thought, but I remember it was such a striking moment that in time gave me the permission to explore alternative careers and ended up never practicing as a doctor and going into consulting and, and business and, and, and other things. That idea of an unlocked moment for you, is there a moment that you look back on and you think, I remember exactly where I was, who I was with, what I was thinking in this moment when I had some clarity? There absolutely is. And so in order to understand that moment, uh, I need to give you a little bit of a backstory and then I can, I can bring that moment to life for you. So I had shared that I could see all those points you know, previously, but I couldn't see them in the moment. But in 2019, we had done for the very first time the very first Purpose Summit, which is now in its fifth year. But this is the first time that we were doing it. And, and I didn't really know what was going to come of this. All I knew is that I wanted to have a conversation about individual and organizational purpose, and I wanted to connect these dots. 
And we put on this at the time was a conference that has now become an experience uh, in Detroit and has now since moved beyond that to the University of Notre Dame and now next year in Charlotte, North Carolina. But at the end of the very first Purpose Summit, I had spoken on the, the topic of the power of purpose. And I had shared very vulnerably in that talk about my childhood and about some of the things that happened in my life and how I didn't understand why they were happening. But now I can look back and see how those things were shaping me and how they were unlocking the gifts, talents, abilities, skill sets, insights that had all come to light over those years and how I now had clarity of vision of how I was supposed to use those things to make a difference in the world and to make those around me better. And that had I not gone through the different experiences in my life that led me to this moment, that perhaps I don't have those experiences, perhaps I don't have those insights. And Perhaps I can't make the difference in the world that I now was excited to make and knew that I I wanted to make. And this person came up to me at the end of the Purpose Summit, and they said to me, you know, um, I didn't know why I was coming to this. And I came to this, and they shared with me a bunch of different things that had happened in their life. And they said to me these words, I now can see the purpose of each of those moments in my life and how they connect to each other and how they've made me into who I am today and have given me clarity about what I'm supposed to now do and how I'm supposed to use even some of the most challenging parts of my life to maybe make a positive impact in the world and in the lives of others. And it was in that moment right then and there of this person saying this to me that it was almost like I was looking in the mirror. It was like they were speaking that into me and saying, wow, you know what? That's exactly right. I can now look back at all of these moments and have that same exact thought. So as I was giving the talk during the summit, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but that's what they were receiving. And then in them coming up and saying to me, your talk connected the dots for me and helped me see all this. They helped me see the path behind and have given me clarity for the path ahead that I had that unlock moment for myself. And I didn't even realize it as I was delivering the talk. And that was the moment from that point forward that I started to recognize that, you know, some people say everything happens for a reason. You know, I, one of my favorite verses is that all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. That's a a life verse of mine. And so regardless of what your beliefs are, what your philosophy is in life, the reality is, is that I believe that there are things that happen in life for a purpose and they are happen in life for a purpose because each person has a purpose that they're supposed to fulfill. And often we don't step into it because we're so caught up in what's happening around us than focusing on who we're supposed to be in the moments of life that we're in. That's fascinating. So you've organized an event called the Purpose Summit. You're the host. You've given the talk called The Power of Purpose. And someone else can come up to you and say something that makes you know a thing you didn't know before about how it all connects together. Yeah, Isn't that interesting? And this is why, this is why I do this podcast. It's, it's so interesting when sometimes, sometimes when you talk to people and say, tell me about memorable moments in your life. And they will say, I remember the day I quit my job, or I remember standing on stage and giving that talk. And then you go, no, tell me about the time when you knew you were going to quit your job. Or tell me about the time when you really understood what it was that you were saying in that talk. And you say, it was afterwards when somebody came up to me and said this thing. And it takes people to a moment that they sometimes haven't ever thought about, but often they haven't mainly thought about, because what is most memorable often is the 
high-profile thing is the decision, is the action. It's the, I walked out of the office. I slammed the phone down. When did you know you were going to walk out of the office? And some of the people that came on the podcast, they said, no, six years before that, I knew I was going to leave. I just wasn't (laughs) ready to leave yet. And then I say, well, when did you know you were going to leave? Well, when I had this conversation with my boss and I realized that he didn't believe in me the way I believed in myself. Okay, that's interesting. And what did you know then? I knew that I had worth beyond what other people saw in me. And suddenly you're like, what's in that? What's, what's in that moment? In that moment, when that person comes up to you and you see the connections and you, you appreciate something through a different lens or maybe at a deeper level, what did that do for your sense of purpose? I think it illuminated it for me. I mean, I knew it was there, but I think it illuminated very clearly for me what specifically it was supposed to be. Because a lot of times we get wrapped up in defining our purpose as what we do, right? I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a, I'm the host of the Purpose Summit. I'm, I, I had a period of time was a podcast host, just like you, and had a couple podcasts. Uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I uh, run an organization where I have people that I have the responsibility to lead. And so we could define our purpose by what we do. But that's not really how we're supposed to define our purpose. We're supposed to define it by the impact that we have on those around us. And so what had happened in this moment when that person came up to me and said that is it illuminated the impact that my talk had at the event that I was hosting for them. And it gave me clarity of what the purpose of that talk was. It gave me clarity of what the purpose of that event was. It actually even gave me clarity about the book that I would then write afterwards. So the, the, the book that I ended up writing right after that summit was entitled Finding Purpose at Work. And it had a double meaning. The first meaning is very literal what it meant, which is how do you find purpose in your work and your job and what you do. But the second more subtle meaning that I allude to later in the book is looking back at your life and finding purpose at work in your life, almost as if purpose took on a persona, almost as if there was this overarching narrative and you can look at these different moments in time and say, hey, purpose was at work in my life at that moment. Purpose was at work in my life in that moment. And so that comment after that summit not only validated what I was doing, but it gave me crystal clarity of the impact of what I was speaking about, of what the event was for and what I was writing about in that time. And since then, There's been multiple moments where that's happened over and over and over again, where someone will say something to me, or I'll be be a guest on a podcast just like yours. We just recently both mutually lost a friend, uh, Dr. Mark Goldstein, Mm -hmm. and I was a guest on his podcast two years ago, and I completely forgot everything that I had said on that podcast. I mean, completely. I'd been, you know, on so many podcasts that year that they just kind of had all run together. But what I did not forget was one specific conversation that Mark and I had during that podcast. In most people, we get on a podcast and they want to talk about purpose. They want to talk about the summit. They want to talk about the book. Uh, he really dove into my childhood. You asked where this all started. He dove deep into my childhood and mm-hmm. into time spent with my grandparents and what that was like and the impact that they had on my life. And he illuminated in that conversation the things that I am now speaking and writing about today, that had that conversation not happened, I probably would not be speaking and writing about the things that I'm speaking about today 
had Mark and I not had that conversation two years ago. So this is now an ongoing pattern that I'm starting to see of people coming up to me and saying something or speaking something into me that gives me clarity about what I'm supposed to be speaking or writing about. Isn't that interesting? And you saying about somebody coming up to you and illuminating that impact for you makes me think of Dr. David Berkus, who's another Marshall Goldsmith coach who, who came on the podcast a while back, and he talked about who is served by the work that you do. It's a lens on that idea of you're standing there, not saying what you're trying to tell people, but you're looking at who is impacted by something you said. Yes. And of course, often it's not the thing you thought that was going to be impactful. There's something that you said, and somebody will come up to you and say, when you said that thing or told that story, this thing happened for me, this thing came up for me that you have no idea about. And yet it changed their life in that moment. That's, that's very exciting. Mark Goulston, who, who came on episode six of The Unlocked Moment very early on, an incredible man. And, and as you say, very sadly, we've, he, yeah. he passed just a few days ago when we're recording this. And um, he was a psychiatrist and a great coach and an expert in suicide and, and helping prevent suicide. And he told a story on this podcast about his own difficult journey, actually, through medical school and somebody else helping him out when he was at a really low point. And I don't know that, again, that connection was often made for him because people knew him as an expert and digging into the, but why is that the area that you have gone into? Why is that an area that's so passionate, you know, so, so important for you? You know, often I think with people, it's really interesting to dive into those questions. It's not just what are you best at, but what's the stuff that you have to be doing? And I hear that in you, that it's obvious that this is what you would be doing because it's always been you from the age of five years old in a certain kind of way. I'm interested, you know, as you're a, a deep expert in purpose, I guess a lot of people, when, when they hear these conversations about purpose, they think about purpose being one of those fluffy things that HR types talk about. How do you really describe purpose to people in a way that is meaningful for people that don't like fluffy stuff? <laughs> so one of my uh, favorite quotes that has appeared uh, quite often with my image on it, uh, not in any way to be boastful, but you happen to use the word fluff, uh, is that purpose is not fluff, it's foundational. And it's something that I have said over and over and over again, particularly to a lot of HR types uh, and CEOs who often think, oh, well, you know, we, you know purpose is it, it's just that feel good type stuff. And, and it's not. It is truly foundational to who we are as individuals. And it's foundational to why organizations exist. It's foundational to everything that we do as a society. If you were to look at, and, and this is the way that I, I describe it to most people, if you were to pick up any product on any shelf in any store and you were to look at the ingredients, there would be a word that would be on the ingredient chart and that word would be purpose. And it would tell you what that product exists to do. So by definition, purpose is what we exist to do. It's our reason for being. Now, what I often separate that from is the word why. Why, I would argue, is a different thing entirely. I would argue that why is our reason for doing. It's our motivation behind our purpose. You can know what your purpose is and be very clear of what your gifts are, your talents, abilities. I can be very clear that I'm an author, I'm a speaker, I'm a, 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 the host of the Purpose Summit, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm all of these different things. I'm a musician. But there's days, Gary, that I get up that I just don't want to do things. 
I'm a human being like everybody else. I'm just not motivated maybe to write today. I'm not motivated to speak today. You know, I love the t-shirts or that now say, you know, adulting. Adulting is a very real thing or parenting. There's some days that I don't want to adult or parent. You know, there's some days I sit at the piano and I'm just not inspired to play. And so you can be very clear about what your purpose is, but not have the motivation. You can lose your why, which is your reason for doing behind your reason for being. And often, and this is what I'm spending a lot of time on right now, which actually Dr. Mark Golston illuminated for me two years ago. And he didn't say this on that on on our podcast conversation, but it was something that was kind of an aha moment as we were having the conversation, is that there's a who behind our why that is actually the motivating factor. And that's what you really need to get clear about. And so for me, my grandparents, who we spent a lot of time talking about on the episode, were my who behind my why for stepping into a lot of now what I do. Even most recently, actually, I've got a a second book that's coming out and the manuscript is due in six months. And uh, I need to get it done probably in the next three to four months because life is going to get very busy as we approach the Purpose Summit in the spring. And so there's 12 chapters, there's 15 pages, and I'm very aware that I basically have to write a chapter a week for the next 12 weeks. And I have to have a very disciplined routine in order to get the book done, to have the manuscript to the publisher by the date that it's supposed to be done. And I told myself, you know, I'm going to do all of this writing between Christmas and New Year's. I got all this downtime. I'm going to do all this writing. And I wasn't motivated to do it. And then our friend Mark passed away, as you mentioned a few days ago. And I was re-listening to the podcast. And at the end of the podcast, we started talking about this book that I'm now writing that two years ago I talked about writing. And I said, you know, Mark, I'm really struggling to write this book, The Thief of Purpose, because I talk about the 12 things that constantly get in the way of our purpose, that rob us of our purpose. Things like comparison and competition and excuses and doubt and unbelief and guilt. And the reality is, Mark, I'm struggling with all these words. And so I feel somewhat hypocritical in even writing this book. And he said to me, that is exactly why you are the person to write the book, because it will resonate with people because you're writing it from a place of struggle, which is where they're at. You're writing it from the place that they're reading it from. And I re-listened to that podcast three days ago and heard those words for the first time. Even though I heard them when he said them two years ago, I wasn't, I didn't hear them when he said them two years ago. But now that he's not with us anymore, I heard them more deeply three days ago. And you know what I did the next morning, Gary? I got up and started writing. And so Mark was the who behind my why to step into my purpose to write. That's amazing. It's amazing. Bring to life this idea of these purpose points then, these points of connection through your journey. What are they and how do you bring those to life? So for me, I look back at what are pivotal defining moments in your life. Some people call them crucible moments. I like that that term as well. Um, but if you were to almost create a timeline, if I were to give you an exercise and say, I want you to create a timeline for your life, what are the dots that you would put on that timeline? And what do those dots represent? Why are those moments of significance that you are specifically calling out? Because you know, you've lived a lot of minutes and seconds, but why do these specific moments stand out more than others? Why are those on your timeline of life? For me, 
those are purpose points. And I like to go through the exercise with a lot of people. You know, for me, I could, I could write a timeline out for my life. And of course, there would be a beginning, you know, being born in, in Philly, as I shared, uh, into an Italian Catholic family. And then I would probably put the first purpose point moment would be the first time that we moved, you know, and then there would be the time that my parents got divorced and went to go live with my grandparents. And then the time we moved again after that. Um, and so forth and so on. And so these would be moments that there was a significant change in my life that potentially altered the course of which way my life could play out or go. And so I often challenge people to look back at those specific moments in their life and to view them as learning moments and say, okay, let's, let's explore what would be different if your life, if that didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Or what, what, what are you grateful for now because that happened? Because even in some of my darkest moments that I would put in that timeline, and there are quite a few, I could today, someone would call it a silver lining, but today, my, my dear friend Gary Ridge, I know you've had Gary Ridge mm-hmm. on your show, he calls them learning moments. Mm-hmm. I can look at each one of even my darkest moments and find a learning moment, even in those purpose points. Uh, and so that's how I define purpose points and, and how I use them regularly. What's the difference between a pivot point in your life journey, I turn left or I could have turned right, and something that's really a purpose point because it is to do with your purpose in a deeper level than just a, I, I got handed my notice papers by my boss and therefore I was facing into a choice. What makes it something that really is connected to purpose? I guess to almost even rephrase the question, there are some purpose points that are more significant than others, right? And so the ones that I would argue are more significant are the ones in which you recognize either a experience or insight that you now have as a result of that experience, whatever that experience or decision was, that you have somehow used to make a positive impact on someone else. That's what, in essence, makes it a purpose point because it gives that moment purpose, Hmm. right? So there's been times where I've spent with people who are struggling with whether it's, you know, they were fired from their job. And then I can talk about, hey, I I can look at my career. I was fired from one job in my entire life. It didn't feel good, uh, but I'm glad that I was fired from it. And, And I could talk about that moment and I can use it as a learning moment and a teaching moment for this person who right now is in the middle of that and struggling with that. And so me helping them gives my previous experience now purpose. It becomes a purpose point. And so anytime you can look at something that happened in your life that maybe in the time that it happened didn't have purpose in the moment, but then you bring it back later in life to help someone else because they're either walking through that or they just walked through that or you're using it as a reference point to help them and it makes an impact, it now gives that previous moment that didn't have purpose, purpose. And now that purpose point becomes more significant than the other. And when you're working with senior leaders and you're saying to them, it will help you, it will help your teams, it will help your organization to help connect your people with their sense of purpose through going through these kinds of journeys. What is the difference between a person who hasn't yet figured out this path of purpose and those that have? Do they look different? Do they behave differently? What's different about them? So there's, there's definitely a difference in behavior, in demeanor, and in performance. I would argue that people who have clarity of their purpose, and, and let, me, let me qualify this, purpose is not singular. A lot of people believe that 
purpose. There's a singular idea of purpose for your life. And we can argue maybe if we were talking either philosophically or spiritually about that, that yes, maybe there is a a grandiose purpose for our lives and for humankind. And we could talk about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for you individually. uh, And for those of you who are listening to this, each and every single one of you have multiple purposes that you can step into at any moment in time. And so again, I've got a purpose as an author, as a speaker, as a writer, as a father, as a husband, as a musician, whatever those cases are. But those purposes are only activated when I step into those moments to make a positive impact on others. So the first is, how are you aware of what your gifts, talents, abilities, skill sets, insights, experiences, all those things that you have that are in your head and in your heart that you bring to the moment to make a difference or an impact on the lives of either those you're leading at work, those you're leading in your home, or generally those around you? Are you being fully present and stepping into the moment? And so for people who I have found realize that, that they're, they, they understand what those things are, they tend to be more present, they tend to be more calm, they tend to be higher performers, and they tend to be some of the most grateful people that I meet uh, on a day-to-day basis. For people who don't know that, I often find them kind of flailing about. They're, you know, they're stressed, they're tired, uh, they're, they're not performing well. Uh, some of them feel like they, they don't have a sense of direction. Um, they're not as motivated. And so there's a clear delineation between knowing what your gifts, talents, abilities are and what your purpose is in any given moment in time. And even better, working or being in an environment that fosters that and allows you to step into it. And those who don't know what that is and are not working in that type of environment. And where we often see friction is where you have people who come to the realization of what their purpose is and how they could step into it, but they're in an environment that doesn't foster that and doesn't allow them to do that. And then that's why you see just massive exodus uh, over these last few years, which we've relabeled, you know, the great resignation or great escape or whatever you want to call it. It was really this enlightenment of, oh my gosh, I, I realize there's all these things that I could be doing that bring me joy and fulfillment and that make a difference and make an impact but I'm not able to do that in my current role, function, job, or culture. And so that's, again, going back to your previous philosophy of is this purpose stuff fluff or is it foundational? I mean, what company doesn't want high-performing, happy employees with a clear sense of direction, gratitude, and joy in their workplace? Well, in order to do that, you need to help them discover their purpose at work and you need to create environments and cultures in which they can step into that. Mm. And what I think is actually quite a healthy dynamic now in the workplace is that your top performers are asking for that, demanding that, looking for that from their leaders. And it puts the onus on the leaders to create that culture. And if they choose not to, or they're not able to, and we say leaders, but also in particular, the number one leader that drives so much the culture of the organization and Gary Ridge, a great example of that. If they don't do that, then your top performers will leave for other places because they can and because they have control. And and actually, I think that is quite a healthy dynamic because it is driving organizations to kind of get with the program a bit more to think about some of these things. And, and, and I agree with you. I think that in my conversations with senior leaders now, people who for a long time didn't really need to worry so much about culture because whole industries were under a certain sort of cultural dynamic where purpose and engagement and all those good kind of things were not a thing is changing now. 
it's changing now. And, and there are good examples of organizations across most industries that epitomize uh, a culture of psychological safety, a culture of trust, a culture of learning, a culture of growth. Uh, and that is very powerful. I'm interested in your experience now because you've, you know, for many years started to create and curate the Purpose Summit, where you bring together people from all walks of life and lots of different countries around the world who come together to talk about the subject of purpose, but obviously from through different lenses and from different perspectives. When you look at the conversations that have been had at the Purpose Summit over the last few years, what stands out for you as some of those really memorable breakthrough moments? Are there things that you've learned from other people that you've had on the stage at the Purpose Summit? So that's a great question. And, and I learned something I feel like from every speaker who's ever spoken at the Purpose Summit every year. But for me, the most powerful moments are actually what happen offstage. You know, what's interesting, one of the things that we have tried to maintain that makes the Purpose Summit very different than many other conferences that I've either spoken at or attended, um, and I'm not saying that because it's our thing, I'm saying it just because when we started the summit, it was actually put together by a whole bunch of speakers who speak on this topic of purpose. And we wanted to create something very different than, than what you know, we were accustomed to attending or speaking at. And so one of the things that we've tried to maintain is that when speakers are there, they're in there as both a speaker and an attendee. They're there for all three days. They're not there to fly in, do their keynote talk and fly out. And what's happened is actually there are tons of authors and speakers that now come to the summit every year and they don't even speak at the summit. They're there to learn from other speakers and authors and they themselves are very gifted speakers and authors. And you've got business leaders from all walks of life, for-profit organizations, private organizations, fortune companies, nonprofit organizations, faith-driven organizations. It really, as you just said, is a uh, kind of melting pot of purpose-driven leaders from every walk of life. And what's, what is so powerful to me is to actually see the conversations that are happening off stage. It's almost like everyone is sitting at each other's feet, gleaning from each other, learning from each other. In essence, it is the perfect visualization of iron sharpening iron. You see these sparks fly and everyone getting sharper, and then you see collaborations that happen that come out of that. You see new partnerships formed, new companies formed, new innovations launched. Uh, it's become a catalytic experience. And so for me, one of my mentors in life, Ken Blanchard, who wrote the foreword to my first book, once said, none of us is as smart as all of us. And I always knew what he meant by that. It's a great quote, but I never physically saw it until the Purpose Summit. And it was at the Purpose Summit that each year, one of my favorite things to do has now become to sit back and just watch the dynamics that happen between the different people who are there, not because they're there to be in the spotlight or to you know, gain notoriety or to sell their book or whatever the case is, but because they're there truly one to make each other better and then collaboratively to make the world a better place, genuinely and authentically. And it has been just such a gift to steward that and to watch that happen year after year. Fantastic. And the Purpose Summit is coming back again this year. Tell me more about what you're setting up for this year. Yeah. So this year it'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina for its fifth anniversary. April 29th through May 1st, three-day event. Uh, it uh, starts on Monday in the afternoon uh, where we usually kick off with a, 
a keynote talk followed by uh, the Purpose Leadership Awards, where we recognize a public organization, a private organization, and a nonprofit organization that we truly believe are leading through purpose and are changing the lives of the people that work in their organizations. Uh, and then the following day, we have a, a full lineup of different sessions available. Uh, and we're using multiple venues in Charlotte. We're using a, a repurposed old model tea factory that holds 1,200 people. We're using the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, in, in, in all of its different uh, auditoriums and everything for breakout sessions. Uh, and then we're using another place called uh, the Terrace at Cedar Hill, which has a fantastic view of the city of Charlotte and skyline uh, for a variety of different sessions. Um, and so there'll be, uh, again, a variety of authors, speakers, thought leaders, business leaders from around the world coming together for three days in Charlotte this spring. That sounds an amazing event. For the people that are listening around the world to this conversation who are leaders in work or in life, what's one thing that you'd really like them to take away from the conversation? So this was, this was a very different conversation that I think of recent conversations that I've had. And Gary, I, I, I appreciate you fostering such an open conversation with some very direct questions. Uh, and if you've made it through uh, the last 35 to 40 minutes of listening to Gary and I, the one thing that I would ask of you is number one, do you have clarity of the gifts, talents, experiences, insights that you've been given that maybe they have come from the most challenging times in your life and maybe you've kind of shut those out or not look back on them, I would encourage you to maybe revisit those and look at those and say, are there ways that I can use those to make the people around me better or to make a positive impact on people who are maybe going through things that I went through? Uh, if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do that. And then if you're listening to this and maybe you don't have that clarity. Maybe you are flailing about right now looking for some sort of meaning or motivation or purpose in your life. I would ask you, who is your who? And what I mean by that is, if you were to look back on your life, who is it that has made the most positive impact on your life? Who has left an indelible mark on your life in some way? And why did you say that person? What is it about what they did or what they said or what they spoke into you that has impacted you so much? And why does that matter to you? Because I think if you start there, then you will find the motivation to step into the purpose that you are here for to make the difference that you're supposed to make. I love it. How can people find out more about you and the work that you do? Well, I live on LinkedIn. It's my favorite social platform. I'm on all social platforms, but I engage the most on LinkedIn. And of course, you can go to davinsalvano.com or you can come meet me in person at the Purpose Summit this spring in Charlotte. Fantastic. The unlock moment is that flash of remarkable clarity when you suddenly know the right path ahead. For speaker, coach, and top voice on the topic of purpose, Davin Salvano. It was a person coming up to him after a keynote speech and illuminating the impact of his work on purpose that fueled a passion for unlocking purpose in others. As Davin says, it's very often the case that the most powerful moments happen off stage. Check out his book, Finding Purpose at Work, on Amazon and at all good bookstores. Davin, it's been my great pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Unlock Moment. Thank you, Gary. Pleasure is all mine. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, then we discussed a number of previous episodes on The Unlock Moment that you can listen to next. Find top leadership thinker, Dr. David Burkus in episode 88, 
who is served by the work that I'm doing. Listen to former WD-40 company CEO Gary Ridge in episode 41, Transforming Culture Through Servant Leadership. And finally, discover the wisdom of the late, great Dr. Mark Goulston in episode six, Catching People When They Fall. Bookmark those episodes for later. This has been The Unlock Moment, a podcast with me, Dr. Gary Crotez. Thank you for listening in. You can find out more about how to figure out what you want and how to get it in my book, The Idea Mindset. Find me on Instagram at Dr. Gary Crotez and subscribe to this podcast to get notified about future episodes. Most listeners to this podcast on Apple and Spotify haven't yet hit the follow button. If there's one thing you can do right now to help me out, then please click the follow button. The more followers I have, the better guests I can attract for you to learn from. Thanks again for listening and join me again soon here on The Unlock Moment.